Welcome to Better Brace podcast, where we start a conversation with the community about aspects of sexual harassment in the workplace, ranging from how to define workplace harassment to legal actions and power dynamics. We are a group of international students from Minerva schools at KGI. Through this podcast, we want to raise awareness about workplace harassment, empower individuals with the resources to recover from workplace harassment, and provide a space for people to seek help from one another. We are so glad you're part of this journey with us. We know this is a tough topic, but it's important to start this conversation. And remember, no one should be alone in this. Just a heads up, due to coronavirus, we have to record some of our episodes virtually, so our audio quality may not always be ideal. Thanks for hanging tight with us and stay safe. This podcast contains sensitive information about workplace harassment. Please take care while you're listening. Take a break and reach out for support if you need to. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm Aliyah and I'm one of your co-hosts today. And hi, I'm Fong. I'm your other co-host. And today we are honored to have two guests instead of one, which is very exciting. Today's topic is the current progress of sexual harassment in the workplace. And we are going to have a conversation about what have been going well and what can we improve going forward. And we are honored to have Tammy Cho again the CEO and co-founder of Better Brave. And then Catherine, she's the current chief of staff at Hashtag Moving Forward. Welcome to the podcast. We are very happy to have you here. Tammy, first question for you. How have you and Better Brave been since our last episode together? Sure. Thanks for having me here again on this podcast. Excited to be back. Um, A little update from Better Brave's end. So as a quick overview, Better Brave is a nonprofit that helps employees navigate issues like harassment and discrimination in the workplace. And we do that by equipping them with free tools and resources for everything from what your rights are in the workplace to um, any partners you may want to tap into to get more legal advice or even tap into support groups, therapists to help you navigate your situation. Since we last chatted, I believe our Better Brave community platform went live. And so that platform is a space where it functions very similarly to Wikipedia, but for workers' rights. And so we can have community contributors who can contribute different pieces of content or resources that they found helpful in navigating their own situations with harassment and discrimination in the workplace. And then we also have expert editors who can then fact check the information, fact check the resource that came through, check for the language to make sure it's not re-traumatizing, approve the content, and then we'll push that content live for the rest of our community to access. And part of the reason we put that together was Um, You know, what we found was a lot of the people that were reaching out to us oftentimes needed these resources, but uh, were unable to afford a lot of the resources that that they most needed. And so we want to create the space where they can access some of those resources for free. Thank you, Tammy. Thank you. So, Catherine, welcome into the podcast. And just to begin, can you please share what's uh, hashtag moving forward and what was the journey leading you to the organization? Yeah, sure. First of all, thanks for inviting me on this podcast. It's really cool to be here. So Hashtag Moving Forward is a nonprofit organization and a global movement working to increase transparency and accountability and venture capital around diversity and inclusion. 
So we were founded in 2018 by four female founders, came together and asked themselves, if I experience harassment or discrimination as an entrepreneur, how would I report it and how would I be protected? And none of them had a good answer. So what came out of that was hashtag moving forward. And they launched the movement two years ago with almost 40 venture capital firms, um, including 500 startups, Sequoia and Andreessen Horowitz. And all of these venture capital firms pledged their anti-harassment and anti-discrimination policies. And they pledged to publish these policies on our website. So essentially we have a directory of all of these policies that anyone can go access. In addition, we also include a point of contact in case something does happen or you have just any questions about the policy, you'll have a point of contact there for you to report anything. Um, or ask any questions. So since then, we've had more than 170 firms across 23 different countries publish their policies on our website and commit to hashtag moving forward. So that's really awesome. And we've done so much work in the past two years. And besides this directory, uh, we also provide resources for entrepreneurs who do get harassed or discriminated against. And um, we're also working on resources for other founders and current leaders on how to create a more inclusive culture. And then <laughs> okay. yeah, what was the journey that leading you to the organization? Yeah, so I joined Moving Forward last year around September. And I'm fortunate enough to not have personally experienced any sort of sexual harassment, but since I study computer science in college, and I'm currently working as a software engineer at a tech company. Not a stranger to discrimination or like unconscious bias based on sex. I've also wanted to be an entrepreneur and knowing like all these obstacles for a female founder. I went to this conference called Tech Inclusion um, last fall, where I met Jenny Foz, who's one of the co-founders of Moving Forward. And her presentation, it was super short, but it really intrigued me. And I spoke to her that day and basically started volunteering for the organization that week. And I started out by getting a lot of the Berkeley VCs on board because I had some connections by just going to UC Berkeley during my undergrad. And I just started becoming more and more involved and more passionate about the work we're doing. So eventually stepped up as chief of staff this past month to try to bring our movement to the next level. Yeah. So you have been the chief of staff for just a month now, right? Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And how has that experience been, you know, stepping up to a leadership position? It's been weird because of the whole coronavirus. So I, I stepped up during our two-year anniversary, which was International Women's Day in the very mm-hmm. first week of March. And then right after, like, all the, the working from home, like, working remotely, all those things took place. So I've been trying to balance all of that <laughs> with trying to figure out our goals and our vision for this upcoming year. Right. So I'm hoping to work 
more starting this month. And I'm really excited because we have a few projects that we want to complete this year and we'll see how they go. Great, yeah. We'd love to hear more about them when they're out. And another question for you is that during your time being involved in the movement to combat workplace harassment, have you seen any legal improvements as a result of the hashtag MeToo movement? Yeah, I know at a state level, California has passed a law, SB 224. It's a law against sexual harassment between any two persons where there's a professional relationship. We've also seen New York update their harassment uh, legislation multiple times. And last year, the Massachusetts Senate was in the process of passing a new bill that would equalize harassment and discrimination protections in venture capital. And that could be the most comprehensive state harassment legislation to date. And moving forward, actually published a letter of support for this Massachusetts bill last year. So yeah, it's been really uplifting to see policy progress on this issue, because I think that's one area that's been stagnant for a really long time and could use a lot of improvement. I think the next question perfectly leads to you, Tammy, this allowing to a better brave community portal. So have you seen any progress, like social, political, since the start of participating in the movement and since the start of the Better Brave Community Portal? Yeah, it's a great question. And echoing Catherine, I think on the policy front, it's been really exciting and uplifting to see a lot of change there. You know, California and New York, I think, have been taking quite the lead in terms of implementing some of these policy changes, including the one Catherine has mentioned, as well as some policy changes around non-disclosure agreements. And I think even beyond that, too, and I think a big factor as to why there was policy change in the first place has been the social impact that the Me Too movement has had, the social and cultural impact that the Me Too movement has had. And I think it, a big proponent of this is the fact that the community got together and started to talk about these issues, um, shared their stories for why this was so, such an important issue to address and rally this community together to say that this was unacceptable behavior and we have, have to come together to promote some changes. And it's been really exciting to see the changes that they've been pushing for on the policy front, but also just in terms of the resources that we've been building out at Better Brave, it's been really exciting to see people reach out to us and be moved to be part of the change. Even if they have not experienced harassment or discrimination at work themselves, We've had a, quite a few people reach out to say that they want to be a part of the change and want to be an ally. And they've been joining on, whether it's as community contributors or as editors for a Better Brave community platform to be able to continue to find these resources, curate them, and be able to publish them live on our website. And so I think seeing all of this progress has made me really hopeful. And hopefully this continues to, the community continues to get involved in pushing these social, political, cultural changes. That's very exciting. And I'm curious to dig deeper into the social piece that you just talked about within the Better Brave community or when you interact with people uh, while working at Better Brave. Have you seen the dialogue change around this topic in terms of just like speaking realistically in the community or when you work with partners or engaging with you know, companies or organizations? 
Yes, I've seen the dialogue change quite a bit since the beginning of the movement. I think at the very beginning of the movement, at least from just my personal experience of what I had seen, was when people start to share their stories through the Me Too hashtag, I think that was really empowering for one community, but then for the other, there was a subset of communities that felt a lot of fear because they felt like, oh, this is a witch hunt. Like <laughs> all these people who are talking about the Me Too movement are trying to tear all these men down. And I think they were really fearful. And that sent a lot of people in either defensive mode or they wanted to like hide from the conversation and disengage. And I still think even to this day, that's the case where a good chunk of the community is still fearful about engaging in dialogue around this issue. But something I have seen over time is that more people are feeling a little bit more comfortable in being able to engage in dialogue around this, even if they haven't experienced it themselves. And so we, even for us, like we have people reaching out to us, asking questions, asking questions about, is this appropriate behavior in the workplace? Like, I don't want to be a part of the problem. Do you have any advice for how I can navigate the situation at work? And so I think more people are feeling, are feeling compelled to educate themselves and educate each other on how to navigate these issues. One more thing to add to that as well is I think there has been more discussion about the nuances in these different situations where I think earlier on in the conversation it was, oh, like you're a serial perpetrator or yeah, or you have, you're completely innocent, right? But I think over time the conversation has shifted to try to uncover, okay, so which of these situations was something that if this perpetrator was educated more on or had more training around, they would be able to address what are, what are the spectrum of incidents that occur and what should the spectrum of consequences be according to the situation. If it's on the lower end of the spectrum, how do we respond, whether we were a witness to it, whether we experienced it, or whether we were the perpetrator in that situation. And so I think there's been a lot more discussion around what those nuances are, and we're continuing to try to uncover that. And I think organizations like Better Brave, but also moving forward, are trying to illustrate that as well. I have one quick question relating to this for Catherine's position. So again, about the dialogue that you are a part of and or hearing in your daily life, especially you are still working at a tech company. Have you seen these dialogue change? Because you have, you know, because you are both working at that tech company and be involved with Hashtag Moving Forward, do you feel like the thing that you work at Hashtag Moving Forward help you see clearer in the workplace environment? Right. Yeah, I, so I've been at Blend for, or I've been out of school for only a year. Um, so I haven't had too much work, workplace experience, but I think when the Me Too movement was in full force back in 2017, um, when I was still in school, I personally saw firsthand that the topic around sexual harassment, but not just sexual harassment, there's also topics like equal pay and gender discrimination, culture and un unconscious bias. I found that those topics started to become less taboo. Um, and started entering more and more conversations among my friends. Like my female friends in tech and STEM began talking about their experiences more freely. And then when I was working in my internships and during my full-time job right now, these topics I feel like are more talked about in the workplace. 
and talked about more openly. So working at Moving Forward has made me more aware of a lot of the nuances and I've learned about these topics more deeply, but I've also seen that translated in a broader sense in the workplace. And a lot of the tech companies that I interned at, they used to have, you know, beer on tap, um, hard liquor in the kitchen and this kind of frat bro culture. And I don't think that culture is completely gone yet, but I have noticed that over the past two years or so, these companies have removed the hard liquor. They've kind of tried to move away from that brewery culture and to become a more inclusive and safe space for everyone. So that's been really great to see. Thank you so much, Katrin. So I think to this topic, can you share with us some stories like this one, how exactly you've seen people band together to empower themselves and others despite taking through sexual harassment? Yeah, I've seen incredible women um, go through like these terrible experiences, right? And come together, great organizations like Moving Forward and Better Brave. And I think that's the best example I can see, right? The four co-founders of Moving Forward, they all experienced like harassment discrimination, they empathized with each other, but instead of just stopping there, they actually decided to do something about it. I've also seen this pattern in school where students will come together and actually create clubs to address these issues. Last year, Moving Forward attended a Women in Tech Leadership Roundtable hosted by UC Berkeley. And it was really great. It was just a day of these accomplished individuals um, and not just women, there are a lot of men there coming together to learn more about these issues and brainstorm different ways we can tackle the, the issues and come up with solutions. So it gives me hope and it's really inspiring for our movement. Can you please talk more about how exactly you have seen men involved in such mo- movements recently? Because I think it's a very interesting topic. Yeah, well, a lot of the VC firms uh, we work with are majority male. (laughs) So it's actually been really great to work with all these men who have realized how pressing these issues are and come forward and work with us to, well, first and foremost, write their anti-harassment and anti-discrimination policies, but then also, you know, write these really great blog posts that they post to their network, which are also probably mostly men, to spread awareness and educate people. We're working with the Berkeley Angel Network right now, and a lot of the leaders are male, but we currently don't really have any angel investors or angel networks on board. So we're trying to create the first angel network policy there to set a precedence for other networks. And Yeah, I I just, I think it's super important that this work is not just being done by women, right? We need everyone on board and we can't do it alone. Absolutely. And um, for Tammy, I'm curious uh, to the same topic. How have you seen uh, male allies come together to empower themselves and also support each other through this movement? 
during your work at Better Brave as well as while working with different partners? Yeah, I totally agree with what Catherine was saying, where I think for this movement, it's it's such a huge problem, right? And it's just impossible that a single organization or a single group can fully solve everything. We really need all members of the community, regardless of gender, regardless of race, to get involved and address these issues. And something that has brought me a lot more optimism is seeing how male allies have been engaging during this time as well, where I mentioned briefly before too, where I think earlier on in this movement, I think there was a lot of fear among men in terms of this being a witch hunt and they almost wanted to take a step back because they didn't, they were worried that they were part of the problem. But over time, what I've seen is um, them realizing that they can be allies in this movement. And one of the first steps of becoming allies is to get educated on this issue. And so I've seen even with Better Brave initiatives, we'll have male allies reach out to us to ask, how can I be a part of this movement? How can I better support my female colleagues? What are some actions that I might be engaging in that I don't realize, but is detrimental to my coworkers and my colleagues? As a leader, is there anything else that I can do to make sure that my colleagues feel safe in the workplace? And these are questions that we started getting I would say like in the, within the past year or two years after the Me Too movement, right? And I want to encourage more men to ask these questions, right? To not fear being judged for their questions. Because I think having this dialogue and this discourse and allowing them to ask questions and us being able to provide educational responses um, will help us take this movement even further forward. That's very exciting. And, you know, that gives me a lot of hope as a person going into the workplace and seeing all these progress that people have been making and people in the community kind of being more aware and taking initiative to learn more about different issues. So uh, that's really exciting to see. And similar with Alia, I'm just really interested in, you know, the topic of male allies become more involved because, you know, if you search up sexual harassment in the workplace on the internet, almost all the stories that came up are male being perpetrators and then female being the victims of these issues. So it's just very inspiring to see both sides coming into the um, conversations and resolve this problem. And another question for you, Tammy, as someone on the front lines of the movement, are there any stories that inspire you to keep fighting or given you hope for the future? I think what has really inspired me to keep fighting is just to see how so many different members of our community are banding together on their own initiatives. I think just to bounce off of the male allies topic real quick, I think some ways that I've been seeing more progress among allies is, you know, there's been more of a more discussion around the topic of toxic masculinity, I think, and we're seeing more groups get together to discuss these issues and how some of the ideas of toxic masculinity that we have contribute to issues like sexual harassment in the workplace. And so I think that's a really powerful movement there. I think other stories that have really inspired me to keep fighting as well is it's, it's really crazy just to see if you look at a lot of the organizations that have started around this movement, including moving, moving forward, right? Empower Work, the Purple Campaign, if you look at the story of how they started, it was started by these women who had these experiences of navigating harassment and discrimination in the workplace. And that 
in itself is already such a draining, mentally and emotionally draining experience. Yet they found a way to channel that and be able to create this organization and a set of solutions to help other women who might be experiencing something similar. Not just other women, but anybody who's experiencing these toxic workplaces to be able to access these resources and move forward. And I think when I see those stories of those founders and what they're doing as part of this movement, I think it encourages me and motivates me to keep going as well. And I would say the last, not the, not the only piece, but one of the last things I'll mention too is I think it's also been really empowering just to see, see the feedback um, and the support from the community as well. Um, hearing, you know, getting emails from our community members, seeing some of the tweets online, although sometimes they could be really frustrating. <laughs> but mostly it's been positive feedback and people validating the need for resources like these and people looking for ways to continue pushing this movement forward, even if it's not always covered, you know, on mainstream media every single day anymore. People still talk about it and people are still looking for ways to support. So I, I'm very hopeful. Thank you so much, Demi. And I think like continuing to this topic, but from the different side, uh, can you, Catherine, please talk about how you evaluate collaboration and the efforts of companies for this movement? Just really quickly to bounce off of Tammy's last bit, I totally agree that the response from the community has been really inspiring and pushes us to keep going forward because when I mean, when Moving Forwards first started, it was just a homegrown, like, local initiative, just the VCs that the co-founders um, already knew. And now we have so much interest and commitment from investors all over the world. 23 countries is amazing. So that response from the investor community and from a lot of male allies um, has really fueled us to keep pushing for change. And then how do we evaluate the efforts of the movement now? That's a hard question and it's a good question because there's not, there's not a perfect way to measure how well we're doing, right? And there's no like one metric that we're like aiming to hit and then we'll be done. But I think broadly we can look at adoption. So how have these movements gathered like widespread support and who are some major stakeholders that we could bring into the movement and into the conversation to help further the work that we've already been doing. An example is that in Europe, there's an organization called Entrepreneur First and we didn't reach out to them. They stumbled on our blog, one of our blog posts and we realized that they were a big power player in the industry. So we reached out to them and then we really partnered with them to help launch um, Moving Forward in Europe. And that was really encouraging because so many people have just stayed silent on this topic, not wanting to touch it. And to have like a firm like Entrepreneur First see what we're doing and actually partner with us uh, was really great. More specifically, of course, like action is more impactful than just talking. So that's why when firms join uh, moving forward, we make sure they complete like a series of steps before joining. So they prove that they can actually, you know, walk the walk. 
and not just talk. And then finally, we've been working on a policy tiering system. So where we actually rate the quality of these open source harassment policies. We don't publish them. This is just purely a resource and a tool for the firms to use to evaluate their current policies and then try to improve them to arrive at a more comprehensive document that is more likely to protect entrepreneurs and founders. So that is one of the projects we're working on this year to publish publicly. And uh, we want to just create a really good system that defines very explicitly, like, what is a good policy? Because a lot of firms, like, they want to do good, but they don't know how to. So we're hoping that this tool will help them get on the right track and then for existing firms to keep the conversation going and to go back and critique their own policies. I have one adding on question about um, hashtag moving forward for Catherine. It's just, I'm curious because different from Better Brave, you expand internationally and you deal with, you know, policies in other countries, you know, having different culture norms and things like that. Have you seen, you know, differences in cultures make it more difficult for you guys to just navigate the problem of sexual harassment in the workplace? Or have you seen surprisingly similarities, even though you're working with people from all across different cultures? Yeah, we have a couple of people on our team that are in Europe and are working with our uh, European firms. And I think surprisingly, well, maybe not surprisingly, we haven't faced many cultural differences between, at least between U.S. firms and European firms. I think since 2017, when Me Too happened, that was also largely international. And I think there's the same sentiment now with uh, the hashtag moving forward movement. And We've seen very similar organizations come up in Europe. Uh, there's, a, there's an organization called Diversity VC, which does really great work in Europe surrounding uh, sexual harassment and also culture and inclusion in, in VC and with entrepreneurs. And they're looking to expand into the US this year, I believe. So I think very similar conversations are happening and that's super encouraging, right? We want the whole world to join together for this movement. How would you picture or describe the ideal organization for the hashtag moving forward? Like, how is it structured? How is it copes with sexual harassment? Uh, how is it like socially active? I don't think there is like an ideal or perfect solution or structure for an organization. I think every organization is different while having you know, a similar goal or vision. But I think that organizations like moving forward, first and foremost, should find ways to make the work that they're doing transparent and accountable. I think that's the only way to bring these topics to light and ensure a fair system for everyone. Because, you know, without transparency and accountability, all these powerful people and institutions will just need to get away with their bad behavior. 
So we really want to enhance transparency, right? Yeah, I think that's it. <laughs> so thank you so much, Katrine. And I think as a general advice to everyone, uh, this question is for Tammy. When running the organization, have you ever felt discouraged by the systematic inequalities and how do you cope with it and just move forward? Um, like a hundred thousand percent <laughs> in terms of feeling discouraged. You know, sometimes it is honestly hard to work super like tirelessly on an issue like this. And then you run across the news that for instance, like Harvey Weinstein was trying to only give five years of prison sentence for all the acts that he's done, right? And to see that he actually almost got that fulfilled. And I think it's it's frustrating when you come across stories like that, or the fact that it takes like 24 women to accuse him for any type of justice to even be considered. And I think when I see that type of news, it is sometimes discouraging, but at the same time, I feel like it's even more validation for why we need to do this work. Because these problems exist and they continue to exist. And it's such a huge problem that's been existing for decades that we all just need to take baby steps, right? Or as big of a step as we can take to just chip away at it. And where I do find the motivation to keep chipping away at it is, you know, I think what we mentioned before, seeing the stories of people reaching out to us, telling us how valuable these resources are, or seeing the power of the Me Too movement and how it showed people that they're not alone in this. And people were able to band together and feel empowered to share their stories with one another and start these discussions. I think seeing all of these incredible organizations pop up, right? And I think there is some discussion where people are like, are there too many organizations popping up? Like so many people trying to solve this problem, but it's like, hey, this is a huge problem and one organization is not gonna solve it all, right? And so I think I try to hold on to that and remember that every time I see a story that can potentially make me discouraged, I try to take that as, this is why, as more validation for why we're doing the work that we do. Because both of you are leaders of the organizations, then going back to feeling discouraged by systematic uh, inequalities. I'm curious uh, for both of you, uh, Tammy, you can start first and then Catherine, you can follow up. You know, when the leaders feel like that, I'm sure, you know, people who work with you also feel the same way. So what are some tips that you have, you know, for future leaders or people who be volunteers for these organizations to uh, feel empowered instead of being discouraged by all these news and, you know, repeatedly mistakes that people have um, like this? That's a great question. And I absolutely agree with you where we always talk about this, right, where you know, culture <laughs> comes from the top. And so if a leader is oftentimes feeling discouraged in moments like these, it's very natural that the rest of the team could potentially feel discouraged. So my tip for that is, I think, how I like to think about it is I think oftentimes like entrepreneurs or people who just generally work in like the nonprofit world, startups, you know, movers and shakers, I think we're in a way all problem solvers, right? And we're in this work because there's a problem that we see and we want to be able to solve it. We want to play some part in being able to provide a solution. And every time I see these pieces of news that could be discouraging, 
I hope that I personally and my team as well looks at that problem as an opportunity for us to introduce something new to the world and that can also not just new but something that can make an impact right and so every time we see discouraging pieces of news or more news that validates the save problem take it as a reminder why this is such an important issue that we need to tackle and use that as a motivation to continue to work together and think of creative ways to tackle the problem and i think it's also fair to say like i, I would also want to share with my team that it's okay to feel discouraged sometimes because it is a really heavy problem and it's a very human problem and it, it can weigh a lot to be to constantly read these stories and see changes that tried to be made and weren't implemented um, and so to also be okay with feeling discouraged but hopefully then being able to channel that into action yeah i i totally agree with everything tammy said you know using this as an opportunity to brainstorm more ways to get more people on our side and to join this movement. Um, I met someone at an event once and I was talking to him. He works for a VC in the Bay Area and I was talking to him about moving forward and about all these other VCs have, who have joined us and he was like, oh, my VC is just full of white men. I don't think it's a good idea to bring this up to them. And I was like, I, I think you're missing the point. <laughs> That's exactly why we're reaching out to these VCs to change that and to get these men to join the conversation and, you know, change the world, right? So... Actually, I think that conversation was eye-opening to me because before then, I really didn't experience much pushback from VCs that I've talked to. So um, it was definitely disappointing to me at the time, and I think I just stopped talking to him. <laughs> but in hindsight, I, I think I should have kept talking to him to really learn about why he said what he said and what I can do to help change his mind and by changing his mind, change the white men's minds um, <laughs> at his VC. So, you know, just echoing uh, what Tammy said, using these experiences to further our movement and to brainstorm new ways to further our missions. And then also just thinking about like what we've accomplished so far, like, We've, yes, we do get no's occasionally, but thinking about all the other VCs and all the other people who have supported us and talked to us and have joined the movement, right? And I think that's, that's something we can always go back to, to maybe lift our mood <laughs> if we're facing any discouragement. Yeah, thank you. And then the next question, I feel like, you both have touched on it a little bit, but we uh, are curious generally what organizations like Better Brave, um, Hashtag Moving Forward or Empower Work or Time's Up can or and or should be doing as pioneers in this movement to combat sexual harassment in the workplace. And you have shared a lot of tips and advice. And I'm just curious whether you have other things in terms of thinking high level that the organization can be doing? 
Uh, let's start with you, Tammy. What um, are your thoughts here? Sure. You know, I think there's a lot that we can do, <laughs> but I think a starting point for what organizations like ours can do to continue pushing this movement forward is really to, to collaborate with one another. I think that is one area where we're tackling so many different pieces of the puzzle. And I think if there are ways for us to shed light on each other's work and continue to drive people to these different resources, I think that could be one, one way um, that we can continue to push this movement forward. And that's something that we try to do with our organization as well, where you know, the Better Brave community platform is truly powered by the community, right? And that includes not just individuals, but organizations that are doing incredible work. For instance, one of our partners is, is Equal Rights Advocates, and they do a lot of work in the legal space, trying to push um, different bills forward that relate to harassment and discrimination in the workplace. And that's an area that is not necessarily like the strongest suit of Better Brave, right? Our organization is more focused on awareness and education. And so for us, it makes a lot of sense to be able to partner with an organization like theirs to be able to provide those type of resources for our community members. And so that is one way. One way to continue pushing this movement forward is if we're able to continue to partner with one another and continue to share the different types of resources that are available to the rest of our communities so that they know that they're not alone in navigating these issues and they feel more empowered to take action, whether they're were targeted by harassment, a witness, or an ally. I totally agree with the collaboration bit because we, moving forward, is focused on venture capital right now, but there's so many other areas. There's just general discrimination in the workplace and also, you know, private equity and other areas that we don't, we haven't really touched yet. And also, we have a directory of all these policies, but we don't have a great reporting tool that we can give to our community, right? So that's an, that's an area where we're not super strong in and we could use collaboration with other organizations um, who are focused on those topics. It's a good question, <laughs> but I think one area that really needs work is the policy side. And we, moving forward does have a small team that is interested in that area. And I touched on it slightly before, but we haven't seen that much improvement with legislation. And I think ultimately legislation is going to get us further and get the movement to the next level. So I am not sure if moving forward will go that route, but as more organizations and uh, movements pop up, it would be really cool to see an organization really focus on the policy side and make changes there. And in terms of collaboration, yeah, I can see that, you know, Better Brave has been building uh, resources across different industries and definitely uh, we can reach out to hashtag moving forward when it comes to, you know, tech and VC, as well as I think Better Brave is going to do a library of different resources across different states, like policies, as you just mentioned, Catherine, and probably we can feed off, you know, ideas and information there with each other. 
So I think, yeah, definitely collaboration is key and just pioneering for organizations in the future to follow your guys' steps and do the same thing. Oh, you muted. Yay. Okay, sorry. Um, so I think this question also applies uh, to you both, but we can start with Demi. And I think it's a very important one. Um, is who should you to be to contribute to this issue? Uh, so we have talked a lot about how companies like venture capitals create better spaces, but how can like one individual contribute and like in what ways he can do? We did talk a lot about how companies and entrepreneurs can create these spaces, um, but individuals absolutely can get involved too. And I think oftentimes when a problem is this big, it feels like you have to like be an activist or a policymaker or an entrepreneur to be a part of the solution. But the reality is, is that that's not the case. I think there's a spectrum of things you can do as an individual to get involved. You know, at the lower end of the spectrum, it could be as simple as like retweeting a tweet that you found on this issue that you found impactful, right? Like, I mean, that's how part of, partly how the Me Too movement really progresses, like a ton of people sharing their stories, but also just like retweeting and amplifying those stories. I think other ways individuals can get involved is to continue to have dialogue with one another. Part of the story of how I started Better Brave was I read Susan Fowler's story about what she experienced over at Uber. I realized that I was not alone in my experiences. So then I talked to a coworker of mine to share my experiences with her. And then that opened up dialogue and then encouraged and inspired us to start reaching out to other members of our community. And it just kept growing from there, right? So it could be something even as simple as starting a dialogue. And then if you want to take the next step, maybe the next step could be starting to educate yourself about this issue even more. So you can access resources like Moving Forward or Better Brave um, to learn more about your rights in the workplace, learn about different resources that are available to you so that if you, hopefully you don't encounter it, but if you do encounter it, you know what to do. Or if a colleague comes to you with a problem they're facing at work, you also are aware of different resources to direct them to. And I think even simple steps like that can make a huge difference. And moving to the Catherine, I think it's so inspiring that you started to work with Moving Forward just by meeting someone and volunteering. So can you talk a bit more how individuals can maybe start also volunteering for Moving Forward or for similar organizations? Yeah, like, like Tammy mentioned, um, you don't have to be like a VC investor or an entrepreneur to get involved. I was definitely none of those, and I still am none of those, but I was just curious and passionate about the topic, and you never know, like, you, you see this conference online, and you decide to go, and you listen to the talks, and maybe one of them intrigues you, and you just start a conversation, right? When I joined Moving Forward, I was worried because I don't have experience um, as a founder or an investor. So I was worried that I wouldn't have enough context to work in this space, but I was totally wrong. There's so many people working in this movement who would love to mentor and help uh, educate you around these topics. And you just need that passion and interest 
and you can join and volunteer for any organization really. Yeah. And as a traditional closure, if somebody just fast forward to the last two minutes of the podcast, um, let's start with you, Catherine. If there's one thing you would like the audience to take away from the episode, what would it be? I think we've made noticeable progress in the past few years, but I still think there's a lot of work to do surrounding sexual harassment, discrimination, inclusion, and culture. So I think one sentence that I want the audience to take away is that this movement is just starting and we can't move forward alone. I like it. It's short, but it gets the message through. What about you, Tammy? Yeah, I, I love that. Mine's not quite a short. <laughs> um, yeah, I think just jumping off of that point, um, you know, I think we talked about this a little bit earlier as well, but this is a huge problem. And I think the size of this problem can sometimes be discouraging and it may, I guess, pose a barrier for you to try to get involved. But I think if you were to take away anything from this podcast outside of Catherine's excellent point, it would be that there are little steps that you can take um, as an individual to get involved and be a part of the solution. And no matter how small you feel like your step might be, it's still a step and it's getting us a step closer to finding a solution for this issue. So I just want to encourage everyone to, I just want to encourage everyone to uh, not fear the size of this problem, but to take it as an exciting challenge and be a part of the change. Thank you both so much for um, all the advice and insights and stories as well. Thank you so much. I think it was such an inspiring conversation for everyone and for me especially. Thanks. That was, that was great. Thanks for organizing um, this, everyone. Hi, it's your host, Fong here. I hope that you enjoyed this episode where we interviewed Tammy and Catherine to start a discussion surrounding the progress that we have made in cancelling out toxic workplace cultures. As you see, since the Me Too movement, we have seen significant positive changes along with the rise of many big and small organizations that support this cause. However, we believe that there is still a lot of work to be done on our journey to completely eliminating sexual harassment in the workplace. This episode also concludes our first season of the podcast, where we dive into different aspects of sexual harassment such as allyship, reporting process, young professionals or fresh meat in the workplace, importance of therapy, and the progress that we have made. We are so grateful for all of our speakers who came onto the show to share their stories, advice, and perspectives. And of course, for all of our listeners who have come along to support us in our journey to advocate for healthy workplaces. Lastly, we want to keep this podcast continue. Thus, if you have any feedback or suggestions about further topics that we should touch on, or if you're interested in getting involved with the podcast, please send us an email at podcast@betterbrave.org. Every comment or thought is welcome and highly appreciated. I hope you have enjoyed and found this podcast useful so far. We also would like to reach as many listeners as possible. So please help us share and spread the word about the resources to people who are in need of them. Hope everyone is staying safe and healthy. Lots of love from your co-host Wang. Bye.